Mi'kmaq chiefs in New Brunswick joined the legal challenge of the planet-killing Nord fossil fuel development on the Newfoundland offshore. I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. Quay to our listeners in Mi'kmaq and beyond. This is episode 227 of Mi'kmaq Matters, made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. This past month or so, people around the globe have been baking in the summer sun and fighting forest fires from India to France, even on the island of Newfoundland. What more proof do we need that climate change is real and it's a crisis happening right now in real time? Despite that, plans continue for a massive fossil fuel development deep in the waters of Newfoundland. Even though the Bay du Nord development makes a joke of Canada's carbon reduction commitments. But that's not Bay du Nord's only downside. There will also be negative impact on bluefin tuna, Atlantic salmon, the North Atlantic right whale, and migratory birds. The two Mi'kmaq First Nations in Newfoundland have been silent on Bay du Nord, but the Mi'kmaq chiefs from New Brunswick are joining a court challenge initiated by the environmental law organization EcoJustice. The New Brunswick chiefs made their feelings about Bay du Nord known during the environmental assessment of the project, but as usual, it got approved anyway. The chiefs say the federal government has a legal duty to engage in meaningful consultation with Indigenous peoples regarding natural resource projects and that what happened on Bay du Nord does not cut it. Mi'kmaq Well, Tepluktaan Incorporated, represents the New Brunswick Chiefs. Chief George Ganish is the spokesperson. Okay, Chief George, so why don't you tell us first why the New Brunswick Chiefs are joining the court challenge of the Bay du Nord development? Uh, our leadership uh, would uh, most definitely have felt that the consultation process was not adequate given the impact that it could have on uh, species that are extremely uh, important to us, you know, for food, for, for culture. Uh, Atlantic salmon is, uh, you know, they're, they have many challenges environmentally and, and otherwise, and to add, you know, something like this, uh, you know, it, it, it really concerns us that, uh, that it, it should have uh, played a much bigger uh, part in, in the consideration. You know, I'll preface by saying we're not against economic development, but we are certainly, you know, uh, need to see, you know, uh, sound decision making. We need to be, you know, uh, I guess, confident that, that our concerns resonated. And uh, we do not feel that that was the case. Mm. Now, <clears throat> I understand from the chronology that uh, that EcoJustice, the environmental law firm, had uh, filed their challenge, and and, the, and then you joined. The New Brunswick Chiefs joined. So, how did that decision to um, <clears throat> to join the EcoJustice uh, challenge come to be? Well, I, I uh, 
our our team, our legal team at MTI, like uh, I mean, we're a political organization, and we have to kind of be somewhat careful how how we join actions and and uh, given our, our our funding agreements, and then like you know, we have we have a one especially large one that's in the works that we have to uh, have to we uh, have to approach separately. So I mean, in this case, you have a group that. Uh, that understands the issues and then where we can join as, as an intervener without having to carry the, uh, the full burden for the, uh, the action, you know, it, it would definitely, it made sense to us and our advisors said, yes, look at this, you know, we think this is uh, something that, uh, that we need to get behind. And, and consequently, you know, we're, we're, we're part of that. You know, we have uh, a certain expertise and, and we, we certainly, uh, would be impacted by, uh, you know, by that will be impacted by this, given the, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we, we have a number of, of, uh, of commercial communal operations that, that fish out in, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the Gulf and, uh, you know, the, the potential, you know, after uh, some of us investing money of our own through the community to try to grow our fisheries, you know, don't get me started on the relationship with DFO. Uh, that's time for uh, you know an, an entire another entire podcast, but uh, you know for the, the salmon for food, you know the other commercial fisheries, lobster, snow crab that many of our our Mi'kmaq communities are are involved with, you know any potential you know harm to those would impact our communities you know massively. So you know that absolutely is a, you know a major concern with uh, with many of our communities. I would assume. Now, some of our listeners uh, might look at that map, map and say, oh, Benadort is way out there in the middle, uh, 500, uh, uh, I think it's miles uh, off the, uh, the shores of Newfoundland, uh, quite a distance from uh, New Brunswick. I understand one of your uh, very specific concern is salmon. And um, I guess there's still a lot we don't know about salmon uh, and what they, their travels. And it might be that their travels on the way to Greenland and and those places take them through this uh, this through this site. So, what are your specific yes. concerns about about salmon? Well, well, most definitely that uh, you know the the salmon, uh, you know they uh, they they after they spawn in in our rivers, they uh, you know they they're it's well known that they do you know they 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 do off you know they do off summer off off Greenland and that there's. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess that being the case, you know, our concern would be with, with tanker spills, with, with, you know, with oil spills. I like the, the oil doesn't stay where the spill happens. You know, it would, uh, it would travel throughout the, uh, throughout the area. And if that impacts, you know, given the state of salmon right now, you know, even a small impact on them is, is going to, you know, reverberate, you know, throughout our rivers. So, you know, that absolutely is a, is a huge concern. And it, it might sound like, you know, I, I know our, our, our snow crab crew, I mean, they, they fish offshore. They don't fish along the coast here in New Brunswick. They're, you know, they're at sea for two and three days. They, they go quite a ways out. And if, you know, and if you, if you had anything major happen, it would be a, like, it would be an environmental, you know, disaster. It would not only impact us, you know, it, it would impact, you know, the, the, the whole area. I mean, there's so many challenges when you look at, you know, the, uh, the impacts it would have, like we kind of have to adjust our fisheries if, if there's uh, 
you know, if there's whales in the area, I mean, there's so many large species as well that, uh, you know, that, that could potentially be harmed. So, you know, if you're going to do this, why, why would you not, you know, have a fulsome consultation, you know, address all our concerns so that we know that, uh, you know, everything that, that could possibly, you know, be considered has been. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's our problem. We don't feel, you know, our, our advisors do not feel that, that what we submitted was was fully uh, was fully considered in in the decision making process. I see. So you you did participate in the environmental review process, and you know I I think as many of us who do participate, we take a lot of time on our submissions and we put our heart into it, and then it goes in, and um, <clears throat> and we wonder, you know, did anyone read our submission? So was that. Was that what happened to you? You you did submit, but you did not yeah. see your concerns reflected in no. um, in the permission. No, and it was actually, I mean, based on uh, the information I'm aware of, like there was an initial consultation uh, through the impact assessment, but it was not adequate, and our main concerns were not addressed. Was was what was uh, shared with the leadership. So, uh, and and you know, to take that further, like you know, as far as uh, you know, our nations are concerned that there's, you know, there's a constitutional responsibility. There's a duty to meeting, meaningfully consult with First Nations if our rights, if our proven rights are, are going to be impacted. And in that case, no, that did not happen. Absolutely not. Mm. So what, what would you like to see happen um, on this bait and ore development in terms of consultation? Well, it's, it's uh, you know, as much as, as folks that have money invested might might not want that to happen. I think things need to be turned back and, 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 and our concerns need to be addressed. That's, you know, that's, that's why we're aboard this, this challenge because, uh, you know, we, if this does go ahead, we're very seriously concerned that there, there's a very high, high potential for, for damage that, that would be irreversible. Yes. Well, we know that um, <clears throat> this development would be in very deep water and um, very, the um, I guess the most uh, it would be a high risk development. I think even the developer would agree because of the location and the depth of the water. So I, th- I think that's 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 a given. Yeah. Um, and um, I w- have you been in touch with the other uh, Mi'kmaq chiefs, either in Nova Scotia or, or or in Newfoundland? Of course, the two Mi'kmaq nations in New- in Newfoundland. It's kind of in their neighborhood. Um, are yeah. you are there any talks uh, that way? I haven't myself directly, but I, I expect that our, our team would have, would most definitely have been discussing this where it is, you know, much, much closer to their, uh, their, their fishing grounds than ours. Mm. And how, how are the, um, how are the salmon doing in, uh, in New Brunswick? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's up and down. It's, uh, you know, we've, uh, it's been years, however, since the uh, you know the the salmon in the Northwest Marmachi have met the spawning requirements. So you know every year is is you know we're hoping that it doesn't get you know the that that things aren't getting you know much worse. Uh, we've had a couple you know challenging years this year. There seem to be a few more fish in the river, but it's it's kind of a you know it's a it runs in a bit of a cycle. But, uh, you know, we know we haven't been anywhere near, even the Southwest Marmachie, which was the stronger of the two rivers, 
has uh, you know has not met its 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 spawning requirements the last couple of years. So that that's really challenging. That's really concerning. And mm -hmm. uh, we have another issue as well with uh, you know an invasive species in Marmashie Lake. That's that's that could potentially threaten the uh, the stocks on the uh, on the main southwest as well. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's very very uh, hard times for for our our, our Blomo right now. Yes. I wonder, uh, you know, how you feel generally about, uh, well, maybe a, a, about the planet. Here we are in the, um, you know, in the middle of the summer. Uh, everyone's complaining about the heat uh, in parts of Europe. Uh, they're having, you know, historic high uh, uh, temperatures. Uh, they can't function, basically. And um, so and here we are uh, having the federal government approve this bait and ord uh, development, which everyone agrees will just, you know, blow any, uh, you know, uh, Canada's uh, climate uh, uh, commitments, out of, commitments out, of, out of the water. I mean, it's hopeless with this bait and ord development. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's pretty, they're kind of depressing times. When I wonder if uh, how you're if you're feeling optimistic or otherwise about the state of affairs. Oh, well, not terribly. Um, I mean, we we know from our relationship with uh, with a couple of our communities on the coast uh, that the impacts uh, climate change are having you know have had already, and uh, you know uh, one of those communities it's I think it's projected in twenty five thirty years it will it will be underwater it will no longer be there so you want to talk about you know an urgency and uh, and and like I said you're right everything you see lately. Is you know the uh, the ice shelf off Greenland losing so much, continuing to lose so much ice, uh, unheard of. You know, uh, high high temperatures and uh, you know in, in Europe and, and which is causing you know more fires, more loss of, of, of habitat, vegetation. All these things just you know contribute to uh, <laughs> contribute to our situation and, and not in a good way. So, uh, you know, our, our, again, you know, you, you look at, at the salmon and the cultural significance that that fish has for, you know, thousands of years for generations of, of our community. And, and the fact that, you know, our communities have, you know, for the past, you know, dozen years really been struggling with, uh, you know, the truth of reckoning. I mean, residential schools and day schools, the impacts, the, the intergenerational trauma, trying to deal you know, with those and, and find our, our way and reclaim our, our, our place or, you know, ask our treaty partners to respect the relationship, you know, it, it is a challenge and especially in New Brunswick, it's, uh, you know, we have more, uh, <laughs> more, uh, more sad stories here to say than, than, you know, I, we look at some of our, 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 our close provincial uh, First Nations and the relationships that they have with their government and, uh, you know, the, we trade, you know, we trade in a minute. Yes. Well, yes, you are in um, a challenging um, uh, a situation in more ways than one. Um, so how, uh, on Bay de Nord, uh, what, uh, how do you see things uh, unfolding now? There, the court challenge uh, has been filed. I guess there'll be a date in, um, in, uh, in federal court. Um, um, I don't know if you expect anyone from the federal government to reach out to you, uh, to have a conversation, maybe that's already happened. Would you expect it to, or are we in a in a litigation process uh, right now? Yeah, I mean, you would hope that 
uh, you know, a time and money could be saved if, if you know, there's if some common sense prevailed and and we were able to turn things back and, and have that discussion. But that's that's not my decision, or it would have been made, you know, long ago. So, you know, it's it's. But we're like I say, we we thought this was really important. Like even our our small band of of uh, of, of eight nine Mi'kmaq communities, eight MTI. It's actually eight that that work under the same. Uh, uh, consultation banner so uh, yeah it's I mean we thought it was important so like our our little voice will be added to the uh, to uh to what we hope will uh you know we'll 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 make an impact we'll open ears we'll we'll you know so I mean we're ever hopeful I mean we'd have to be or we wouldn't be here any longer <laughs> Chief George Ganish of Migbawell Tapluta'an Incorporated MTI That's it for the program. Thanks for listening. Mi'kmaq Matters is now available on Acast. If you could leave a review on whatever platform you get us, we'd really appreciate it. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emsa Nogamah.